What's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 143. This guy right here, that looks like Derek Zimmerman. <laughs> We're going to find out. Ladies and gents, the episode starts right now. Let's get back to the women. Do you think um, it becoming an NCAA sport um, is, is what kind of dri- uh, driven? Wait, we were talking about women's indoor, right? Like, well, just the pathway, you? just what I thought yeah. changed the game. And I'm, I'm talking more beach than, than anything. Okay. Um, but what did change, like the beach aspect for, for women was that. And I think one of the – I think Sarah Hughes was probably one of the first products to come out. Out of that beach Through thing. that, yeah. you know, yeah, playing college beach volleyball. And then the expansion that they went from, you know, more and more teams just blew up. I don't even know how many years it's been now. Um, there's a pathway now for these young ladies to actually just there's, there's that pathway, that collegiate pathway, just like every other sport is mm-hmm. basketball, baseball, football. What is soccer? What does everybody do? They play in high school and they play in college and then they go try and play pro. They have a pro league. Like I was saying, there was no pro league here. So the majority of girls who went through indoor, their career's done, mm-hmm. except they go to beach, right? And then they were trained indoor, and some of these girls, they never touched the back row. They were never a setter. They weren't that good at it. They had to relearn a whole new game, in my opinion. They did. Which is beach volleyball, yeah. right? You know, a lot of handset, which is, you know, it's, it's totally different than indoor. It's like a thing now, yeah. It, yeah Before totally it used to just be Larissa, right? <clears throat> yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. So now this pathway is clear for these women, and I hope this happens for the men's side of it also. I mean, that's a, that would be huge. You would see and even you'd see even the AVP blow up even more, just like you know, collegiate has done, I think. Well, think I think of, more people would jump to it and, and want to sponsor it more that there's just this pathway and they could I mean, there's already college coverage of, of the game itself and it could progress to even more, right? Yeah, and think about this. Just like other college sports have, the, just a you see what I'm saying? It, yes. It, it, it just makes sense. It's in everything else. It's in golf. It's in tennis. It's in everything. And we've never had that pathway for men's or women's to go to the AVP. It was always yeah. you grinded, you struggled, you went to every tournament you could to play the best people you could to get better, right? And then it was you either had the option of moving to California to get better, and that was it, right? Right. That's what everybody said. You've got to move to California to be better. And some people did, some people didn't. Everybody's yeah. got their own path with it. But it's, you, a, it's a grind for, for anybody, as you know, to, to get to the pro beach level that way. Yeah. It was a struggle. It was hard. Now there's some, you know, you're getting all this collegiate coaching, and then you have a product like Kristen Nuss comes through four years of, of, Jesus, of yeah. LSU, and she jumps right into it. Don't get me wrong, she's a special talent. She is. Obviously, so yeah. is Taryn. I'm not taking anything away from no, the, the team itself, but for her size, she's incredible as a, as a volleyball player to make that big of an impact. And I think that has to do with the coaching that she got for four years in in, in college. Yeah, think about it. Like, yeah. there's a free gym membership. Don't have to invest money in that. Right, um, it's right. an 11-month commitment out of the 12-month, right? Yeah. And some yeah. girls, some girls have to ask themselves, like, is this what I want 12 months out of the year? Do I want this to be my full college experience? Some of them, the ones that know right away, big up to them. Yeah. Like between you and me, yeah. dude, when we were playing, we want that to be our 
13 month experience yeah. out of a, out of yeah. a possible 12 month. Yeah, no so, winners. <laughs> yeah. But there's also a shift in the balance of power because if you remember, it was very California dominated. And I think there's an old saying, and, and I'd like for you to chime in on this. Good West Coast teams, players. Good Midwest teams, coaches. Mm-hmm. So how much is how much do you do you kind of agree with that and 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 i mean we can look at the indoor scene and the beat scene for yeah right it could be that way i mean i just i I guess the opportunity was that um that's your phone digging yeah because the opportunity was some people just didn't move out there and get as good you know move to california with it right it's true like Kristen didn't yeah and it doesn't mean they don't know the game at all they're great players or whatever they just didn't go to that next step level which is extremely hard to do it's not easy yeah no it's not easy to break through a qualifier scene like a true qualifier scene where you're grinding with huge amounts of teams you know i remember i think i looked it up the other night it was 65 teams in a qualifier hmm. you know that's, that's a lot of teams to go through and you're playing on a thursday and then hopefully make it just to friday and then in hopes to make it to saturday it's true you know? yeah I think you got Hector at TCU. You got Russell and Drew Hamilton doing terrific work. You had mm-hmm. um, Wayne Holly mm-hmm. at Tulane. And who's the Israeli cat right now? Um, and I promise we wouldn't do this, right? <laughs> we weren't going to go this route. But um, Yeah, but just like reg- on a regional scene. Yeah. Uh, you could, there, I mean, you could easily say New Orleans versus all y'all, man, just, just because of the coaching. And for in my estimate, um, there's an old saying amongst us club coaches, you know, when we coach club, mm-hmm. you get paid to coach, caring is for your charge. Yeah. So 100%. I noticed there's more of a heightened emotional investment um, from coaches to the players in uh, um, this region more so. I would hope so. I would yeah. hope so. I hope that's how it goes. It yeah. should be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it should have been that way from the beginning. It shouldn't be a money-making aspect for anybody. All right. This should be something you do because you care about the kids and care about the sport. In theory, yeah. You know, yeah, you should. Obviously, you money should. is going to yeah. be involved in it because you're putting your time into it. But it shouldn't be your main goal going into coaching. No. Not at all. Never was mine. You know, other things got me out of that. But it's, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't the money. It, mm-hmm. it was definitely to, to push these young ladies to just find the happiness in this game and, and want to continue playing it. It's, it's something you can seriously play for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah, it's low impact. It, right. Beach or indoor. You could play either, you know, even if you're playing in leagues at 65 years old, it doesn't matter. You know, my mom stopped okay. playing, shoot, 10 years ago. So she was in her 60s, you know, and she misses it. But she could play it. I mean, how many sports? You can't go play football until you're 60. No. <laughs> you can't, you know, or, I mean, you can play basketball leagues and all that stuff. You can. But it's just my opinion that you can just keep playing this game at any at any age, yeah, you know, and, and have a have a good time with it, and fun with it, and just if you're, if you're passionate about it. And I hope I found I hope some of the ladies that I've coached have found passionate that they'll never quit. Yeah, you know. Well, there's nothing in the world like we before we got on the podcast. We were talking about um, girls. You were watching these girls conquer some demons from the neck up. You know, mm-hmm. some something's in their way. Always gets in their way of winning, and then you you work with them and you watch these girls. Um, conquer these demons one at a time. Whether it's, sometimes it's physical, just being mm-hmm. able to just make a move. But I always think that's, I always think that's the muscle between your ears. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because you got eventually we can, you're right. We can. We got great workouts. They can do stairs. They can do the weight room. They can do sure. all that stuff. But 
uh, we talked about like there's nothing in the world like there's a girl who always loses to this particular team and they finally beat them. Yeah. And yeah. as coaches, we feel like we win too, in a way. Yeah, There, there is a sense of satisfaction. They found that mental breakthrough. You know, yeah. That, that, like you said, that demon that says, I can't beat them. But right. you can. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a perception in your own mind that I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And you're already putting up a roadblock in front of you, which you shouldn't do ever. Yeah. A little, you know sports performance. I mean, um. Isn't that out of Chicago? Yeah. Sports performance? I think so, yeah. Which, that, the huge club out of Chicago. We played them, I don't know, five, six years ago with the girls that we won a national championship. And these girls surrounded the court, all in their joggers. You know, the, all the other teams came to support their team. And it's like either quarters or semis or something like that. And we had eight, nine girls. Mm-hmm. No, wait, we had ten. And we brought two extras from other teams. But they're standing there deer in the headlights going what is going on here holy crap you know and we're this just this louisiana volleyball team and that's what we were called louisiana volleyball and they were frightened mm-hmm. and they're hitting balls and they're all clapping for each other and the big support and we hadn't even hit yet and i just see these i'm sitting on the bench and they're shagging the balls for the other team and i'm just looking at them i said oh Brandon, you're like dude Brandon. we lost before this match even started i, I looked at meg and i said dude I, I i gotta get up i gotta say something to him i started walking behind him pacing i said what are y'all looking at what are y'all afraid of what are y'all doing and they were just afraid you could see it and i said they're they're here for a reason just like you are and not any better than you i said you can hit a ball like that huh mick and she's like yeah and i went what's the problem mm-hmm. get out of your own head come on we got this and i started clapping i was like they gotta clap we gotta clap too come on let's get ours going you know and i just started changing their attitude about it so that they could see it in a different light that they're that, hey we're in the quarters we're in the semis we were the number one seed in the in the whole nationals going into it we went 55 and two on the year and that's matches dude that's come on that's it's crazy that's terrific it was crazy yeah okay but here they are we're the number one seed going into the into the nationals and they're afraid of another team right because of the perception behind them they had to get past that this is all just a show Mm-hmm. What's going to happen on the court is going to happen on the court. Don't allow that to cloud what you can do and, and you know, just no. play. Just go <laughs> yeah. play and see what you got. Give it your 110%. And I saw their change in their, in their attitude as I was talking to them behind it. And then we came out and beat them in two. <laughs> Didn't go That's three. And it, was, it wasn't like it was, it was close. Obviously, they were a great team. Not taking anything away from that club. That's, you know, they're huge. But we beat them in two, and it was like, there you go, girls. Y'all, just, y'all got afraid for nothing. And so hopefully that made every step past that, whether, like I said, whether it was the quarters, the semis, the next step, the next game, the next match. Hopefully it was easier for them to mentally prepare instead of being afraid. Well, your approach to that is residual, meaning yeah. that they can, they're like, wait a second, the next time, um, can take that the next the time I feel life. that, I can, I can say, hey, wait. They're human. They're people yeah. just like we are. Exactly. Right? They, they got exactly. All, They didn't get all dressed up for nothing, and neither, neither did we. Right. Totally get. But that, that was that, that whole perception behind them. That was the club coaches sitting there saying, "We're gonna flood this, and we're gonna make them afraid." All right. And then I had to look at that and go, "Hold on. How do I get them from not being afraid?" Yeah. How do you? They shouldn't be afraid. How do you get them to not lose this match before it even started? Exactly. The ma- I'm match and it looked. That's what it looked like. Yeah. A hundred percent. You just see it on their face. They were just. Holy cow, like, what's going on here? And it's some of those girls had been in that position already at nationals, and some of them hadn't. Yeah. So, and then they're also growing. You know, they were 15 years old. They, they're, they're growing. Literally growing. Yeah, they're yeah. literally growing in, in every aspect life, everything, the game, everything. 
Is there a, a particular way? And I, I talked to Bruce this afternoon, and we had a great yep. conversation about. We had a great conversation about coaches that um, line up kids up, up against the wall. Look, you're, this one's tall. This one's whatever. You're going to be oh. a barrier. This and that. And um, I love Bruce. He's like, first of all, that coach is fired. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's not right. working with me. Right. And um, and I also talked to Brian McDermott um, from Progression Beach Volleyball in mm-hmm. Chicago, mm-hmm. indoor indoor beach. Okay. And it's one of his huge pet peeves. And I, uh, he basically said, I hate when a coach does that because the yeah. girl's literally, never mind literally still growing, she'll, she's still figuring out things psychologically. And you, you have no idea what that girl's capable of, right? right? And when he said that, the first person I thought about, I got to get Derek Zimmerman on his podcast because I'll bet you, I'll bet you he has something he wants to say about that. So um, for me, me, I'm going to go first for like 20 seconds. Go, yeah. I basically said, I will look at a girl and say, don't let a coach tell you you can and can't do something. 100%. You're five foot nine. If an outside hitter, you know, if the stereotype is six feet. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that life's not fair, and I'll tell you that they'll be looking at that girl first, Absolutely. and I'll tell you that it's not easy, and I will tell you that you have to run 150 meters for the 100-meter dash. Yeah. But with that being said, if it's what you want, if it's what you want, there's the stairs, there's the box, yeah. I'm the coach, let's get to work. Yeah. Your thoughts? I mean, you, you said you nailed it. You nailed yeah. it 100%. I mean, there, there's going to be those girls who get overlooked just for height, and that doesn't mean they're good. Just means they're tall. Now yeah. I get it. You want to use them for certain aspects of the game, which you need to be taller. Hundred percent agree with that. But you can. But well, that's that's also where they come. Height does come into it, which also comes in. What's your vertical? Well, how quick right. are you? How so? How 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 smart are you in this game? Right. What's your IQ level of volleyball? Which is huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge. How, or and and IQ is not meaning what you know. It's how you retain the information. Yes. And spit it back out. That's the IQ of, of, of a volleyball player that means a lot. And if you can retain the information that a coach will hand to you uh-huh. and immediately get it right back out there, a little girl that's, might be gold or that guy. They might be gold. That's a win, that's a win man. Yeah. That's it could be the, the, the game changer in a match. Yeah. They also, like, and this is, we were, I was going to get into the conversation of what we'd like to see an improvement in club volleyball. And I, I don't know if it's been a minute since you coach club. It's, yeah. Um, and and, we'll, five and, we'll, years. and maybe we'll talk about that. Wait, quick question. Do you miss it? I do. Yeah. I do. Um, I still talk to two of the girls on my national championship team and regret how they did through college, stuff like that. Um, spoken to their parents. Yeah. And it's it, every time it just brings a smile to my face that I made a connection with them and that they still remember me and the things that I taught them and how they felt through those moments. And, you know, you see it pop up on your, on your phone from Facebook yeah, and, you see, yeah. and, you, and you're like, oh, man, that was, so, that was such a good time. And then you text them and, yeah, yeah, I do miss that. Yeah. I do. I, I think it's more the personal connection I miss yeah. with everybody, the parents, some of the parents, some of them, you know, you know our parents well, were in the that's game. Club. <laughs> that's club. That's sports. That's, yeah. that's youth sports. Sometimes they can be the biggest enemy. They can't. Uh, uh, the, uh, of a child's progression. Yeah, right? 100%. Because I mean, they think their kid's better than what they are, or they want their kid because they are the best, that they want them to have every hit and the whole – calm down here. I think that generates from what you, the, what you, what you previously just said. Mm-hmm. The, they're under the impression – sorry, parents, but, but um, they're under the impression that their kid is be- – uh, they actually think their kid is better than they are. Yeah. Um, That's the majority of it, Yeah, in almost, my opinion. Because yeah. everybody sees their child – well, I don't have kids, but – 
I would assume that everybody sees their child as the golden child. Yeah. My kid's going to be the best. He's going to be the president. He's going to be a doctor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe they can be best in something else. Yeah. You know, maybe they're not the best at athletics, but they love doing it. That's okay too. And some kids know that too. Like yeah. Some kids. But the parent that see that doesn't see the that they're only here and they're only going to get to here, uh-huh. and they're never going to get to that next step. That's the parent that hurts coaching. Yeah. And hurts that te- hurts that team, and they can in a, in a very negative way, mm-hmm. because now the kids complaining, the kids demeanor because they're talking to the kid on the way home. The kids who won't get any time, well, I'll fix that, you know, and I'll go talk to the coach. And then it's like, who's the coach here? Yeah. Who's the coach here? Why? I'm at practices. You're not sitting there practicing what your child's doing or the progression she has or hasn't made. It's detrimental to the whole team. Your parents didn't sit in practices? My parents normally coached. Oh, okay. They normally coach me through right. the years. Um, no, I mean the parents of the club teams you coach. They didn't sit in, the, they didn't sit in practices? Um, I had a couple. I had a couple. They stayed almost every time, but I had sometimes barely met the parent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't just sit there for the two hours. But a handful of them did. I know one. And those are the ones that I really got in tight with, too, is the ones who stayed and they saw. And then it was also the parent that stayed. Well, they were also 15. They had to get picked up. They weren't driving yet. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, it, it, the, I think the personalization came with, like, of, of the parents was when you're doing the one-on-ones after practice you knew which kid wanted to be better so they put the effort in and stay late every Tuesday no matter what and that's when the parents have a decision to make right like some of my parents some of the parents like some of the parents and the coaches the, the clubs I coach they're positive reinforcement people mm-hmm. and they really want the kid to get a kick in the ass Right, so yeah. they're re- they're like, I think they're probably looking for a coach that that can talk to their kids the way their the parents do not, right? Some parents are strict or whatever, yeah. and yeah. maybe they maybe they need that kind of coach that's positive reinforcement where they come back. Um, it's that's why it's hard coaching because you don't know how yeah. these kids were brought up. Yeah. You don't know whether they were left to do on their own and progress on their own, or a parent was that strict and. Uh, stay regimented you don't know who they are yeah. unless you have them for three or four years or whatnot i mean at some point we're 95 percent sold that there are some kids that we ended up caring more about than the actual parents did so oh, there's that kind of parent too oh yeah and then there's the parents Absolutely. that are smothering and then there's the creepy parents mm-hmm. and when it's always like playing with their daughter on his way to something that's like <laughs> 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 i'm getting all chris rock now everybody's odd out there you, you got your Melissa, uncle <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Told you don't hang out with Bobby. Now walk it off. Yeah, where are you going over here? Where are we going with this story? Now walk it off. <laughs> so, um, so we we have this kind of reinforcement where we tell kids, if you want to be this, it's going to be harder for you. But if this is what you want, that's that was my philosophy, and and and, and yeah, and we 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 can shut the door now. You we, sure. you, you closed on that one. Yeah. What's um, I think, and I want you to take over on this because we were talking about parents that sit in practices. Mm. I the thing I love about coaching club is when a parent is at practices, and I had one particular one. It was every practice got his beach chair indoor mm-hmm. and sat there. I got two in mind right yeah, now. He had like the little, yeah, he had the little Pancho Villa mustache too. <laughs> uh, um, and I told him at the end of the season, I said there are things that you didn't get then that as you patiently watched, you got now. Yeah. There are things that you didn't get then 
you probably still don't. <laughs> you still, maybe you yeah. still don't get, and that's and that's okay too. Well, it also depends you know? on the, the 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 parents' knowledge of the game. Did they play mm -hmm. sports? Do they know this sport that their child's good at or right. wants to play? You know, maybe your dad might have been like, let's just say, Brett Favre's daughter. He's yep. one of the best ever in football, but what does he know about volleyball? And his daughter's playing volleyball. Right. You know. And what, what does, does he know, know about what, coaching? Right. Maybe as far as delivery and being able yeah, to communicate. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about things, that. Right? But, yeah. But he's not going to sit there and chime in on it when he doesn't know anything about it. But his because his background's different as a as a father, right? Or as an athlete, he doesn't know anything about it. But then there's that then there's that kid whose parent played a little volleyball. Do you want that parent? Mm -hmm. Because then they might. I don't know. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Because they could sit there and say, "Well, no, that guy knows what he's talking about." Or he's sitting there doing the the reverse of that and saying, "Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Listen to me. Don't listen to them." And now you got this. Kids get scrambled eggs for brains oh, with He's what the to one do. That loses, right? yeah. With what to do. The kid, the kid's the one that exactly. loses. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, for me, um, we've been coaching long enough where we have we we can answer that, right? I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I wish um, I was longer. In, in I'll give coaching. you an example. Um, Brian Ivy, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Olympian, mm -hmm. uh, you, uh, star, you, USC. He Absolutely. actually the first college game I ever watched was 1990. It was on Big Big Two, Big Channel Two. It was Ivy, no, it was USC against Long Beach State, mm. and that was Greenbaum. That was Ivy. That was, and we're turning back the clock. Here. Yeah, we, yeah, I know those names. Because you're right, because yeah. we can skip that whole generation and talk about this <laughs> for sure. And, and then I could share this with old school volleyball, and everybody's <laughs> yeah, fucking nobody happy. Be yeah, nobody right? be mad. Nobody be mad. Yeah, so it was Ivy. Off. It was Greenbaum. It was Nick Becker. It was Tom Selleck's kid, I think, Jason Bernard or something like that. Tom Selleck's kid played. Yeah. I, Tom, know uh, I know Tom I, did. I think his name is Jason Bernard or something like that. I'm not uh, sure. He didn't have the same last name? Um, no. Interesting fact. No. And he was at the game, too. So they, Interesting. You know, Chris Marlowe, who was calling it. Yeah. Chris and Paul, who were calling it, um, you know, pointed him out in the crowd. Because he was yeah. also a Trojan. He also played at USA. Tom Selleck played indoor at USA. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just knew he That's, played some beach volleyball, you know, yeah. and he was kind of, I mean, I know they put that on Magna PI. Yeah. But that, that was like a known fact. But then you got, the other side, you got Zach Small. Right, uh, Jason Stimpig, mm. a very good setter, uh, and this goofy I played, foot I played called against Brenton Jason. Hilliard. This guy had a lefty approach and hit with his right that would just, that had a, a bow and arrow or like a trigger that would just, go ahead. Lefty approach, right hand. That's you, right? Goofy footed. Yep. You know what? If it's so damn bad, <laughs> then why are all the great players? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's so, a few players that do both. Yeah. I mean, I'm, um, Troy Phil does both. Yeah. Phil. Um, yeah, Phil. Tina, Tina Gradina. Yeah. Um, from uh, Latvia, who actually played at, um, uh, he should play for Dane Blanton. Loyola? At USC. Jose. Jose. Yeah, yeah, Jose Loyola, goofy for yep. um, Lion King. Uh, Samuelos That's from right. Latvia. That's right. He is. Um, too. He, well, he's more, he's more Karch because yeah. Karch would goofy foot. And then I'd watch him again, and then he'd do a traditional do one. I'm like, yep. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm seeing shit. I'm, I was just seeing things. I I'm, thought so, too. And then I'm like, wait, he just did it again. I, uh, yeah, I did that with Troy just at the last AVP. I did yeah. it with Troy. I was like, hold on a minute. Did he, I know he jumped goofy footed, and then I watched him again. I went, really? You're like, oh, okay. He flipped that around on me? Okay. Okay, I like that. Like, he I just like that. did it again. I like that. I mean, I can do both, but I switched. I think the reason why I can do both is because I switched my jump serve. Okay. To regular footed, just to create a little more torque and having my my hips open. Yeah. Well, biomechanically. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because the toss was right hand, and mm -hmm. then I had to turn, turn. It's easier when you don't not toss on the ball. Whatever. Did you play more left side or right side? Left side. 
yeah. So yeah. left side. And that's crazy. The, I mean, an indoor, if you have a goofy foot and he's already an adult and you can't change that guy's step, mm -hmm. most of the time he's the opposite because range-wise he has that. But every single goofy foot that we were talking about that has enjoyed this heightened level of success were left sides. Tina's a left side. Yeah. Phil's a left side. Yeah, Lion King, left side. Yeah, left side. Derek yeah. Zimmerman, yeah. left side. Karch Karat. Yeah. Uh, right. Career, lifetime, left side, indoor and outdoor, right? Yeah, but he changed his his approach indoor. Yeah, he did. He was a in 80, regular 80, footed, yeah. and then he changed it. Well, 84 is a goofy foot. In a, in, 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 yeah. in I watched mom. I have an old coach, Mario Trebich, who's one of my mentors. Mm -hmm. He was the assistant coach on a women's team, USA team, and he gave me a VHS tape. He said, dude, there's no color commentary on this. No one has that. Watch it tonight and give it back to me. Mm -hmm. He wasn't supposed to give it to no one. And yeah. I watched it. There was It was just crowd noise, but no no, no color commentary. And sure. the, the third play of the, of the game, someone blocked a serve. Craig Buck touch blocked a serve, and they covered that. And I was just like, when you see that, you thought maybe someone blew the whistle and, like, the middle was having fun or something. Yeah. No, I'm like, it was legal to block a serve back then. Really? Yeah. You ever see Sixes cool. games and club? And you see a team you're going against, you see a team in a tournament where the girl on the middle on serve receive is at the net with her hands up. Yeah. That's an old school coach. Huh. That explains. Yeah. Because guys like you and me are like, what the fuck is this girl doing? <laughs> is she, I'm, she's screening on her own team. She, right, you, you, right. You're in the way. Woman, woman you can't block the serve. <laughs> right. uh, you, know, you think you can block the serve. Guess what? Sometimes you take a look at the coach. He might be a little bit older than us. Yeah. A little bit more seasoned than us. And, or you and, could be um, getting the girl out the way because she can't pass. Yeah. <laughs> so just, just dumbo her ass right? at, the, at the net. Just and stay make here. Sure. Maybe she's doing the weird thing herself because she thinks she's on, blocking. And the girl's oh, on serve receive. I'm going to get off the screen. Right. I'm, doing this, I'm doing this shit on the screen. Scoot over. <laughs> right. <laughs> In my experience, and I'm going to punt this back to you, the higher the level the parent that played, the more they let you do your thing. I don't have to probably agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think because they get it. They, they've had the coaches. They've been coached by really good coaches. And they, their parent didn't get involved or they've seen it yet. I got it. Yeah. No, I'll turn that up. It goes on the fan. It just stops. Perfect. See, see how the sound yeah, disappears? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I was about to say something to you about it. Um, but I think those, they just get it. They understand that I'm not the coach. I've given them the tools, but the coach is going to do his job per all the other kids that are on this team too. Where does this, they understand where, how good your kid is, but where does my kid fit in on this team? And that's what the coach's job is supposed to do. It's supposed to be, where do they fit in? Not what the parent thinks they're supposed to do. So at a higher level person or a player, they would understand that, that, Hey, the coach has a plan. And I'm, I'm not involved in that plan. I don't know what's going on in his head unless they sat and talked to you or say you went up to him and said, hey, you got any advice for me? Mm, there's that. Right? Yeah. There's always that. And, and it's probably not a bad thing. You know? it's, it's never a bad thing, especially if you have a good relationship with the parents. Like Sarah Stratton yeah. Yeah. had a great relationship with her. And she was more – she's a, a teacher, but she's into um, sports psychology for kids yeah design so that's her specific function so we've always had that we never talked about volleyball because like the knowledge i had for indoor um compared with her knowledge for beach was just it's just a non-com it's yeah. it's a non-comparative it's not it's not comparable i'm i'm there i'm i'm michael i'm michael jackson and she's tito yeah so um or <laughs> oh, Toto, you a Toto. <laughs> That's Tito, man. Toto's what we have for dinner. Right. Um, <laughs> so, 
But what we were talking about before, muscles between your ears, great, yeah. great dialogue with that woman. Yeah. And she's like, you, you do one, you know, because she was not a big believer in tough love. And she's like 90%, almost 100% positive reinforcement. And I told her, you will never see a championship team that doesn't, that has one or the other completely, never. Mm. John Mayer right now doing some good things at LMU. Yeah. The king of positive reinforcement. And I've taken, and as someone who's coached longer than him, dude, I learned from that dude. I've taken some tools from him, and I am, sure. and I, that man, at least, especially on the beach, is my superior. Well, you just, you mm -hmm. just kind of nailed everything in any, in any aspect of life. Just mm -hmm. take something from everything. Yep. And make it so you can better yourself. Yep. And this game, or, or anything. Mm -hmm. take little snippets of everybody and everything around you and yeah. progress forward with your life. Well, look, there's an old saying in theater. It's huge in sports, too. Yeah. Well, I learned that, oddly enough, from theater. Because yeah. I was always a good player. You know, I was um, undersized, but I had big, a big wingspan. My wingspan's 6'8". Yeah, you told me that. But, um, I don't think mine's that at yeah. all. And when I started coaching, I, I was a great excess in those guys. I could tell you how to penetrate a defense, but mm -hmm. I've never had a bunch of girls follow me and listen to everything I say and they still sucked. And, and that's big self-examination thing. What the fuck? The men were no problem. Yeah. And, and it was because my military, I was very strict. And mm -hmm. my, I'm like, you know, I'm a Gulf War vet and this and that. My father, you know, old school, Humphrey Bogart looking dude, right. strict. And, and something I learned from John, but prior to that from theater, women, excel through camaraderie through sisterhood never say anything to that girl in front of her team that makes the other girls um alienate her right well, the guy, guys better, we're fucking morons we don't care well for just <clears throat> lack of a better thing to say two totally different animals 100 mm percent. -hmm. Yeah. you know they really are on, on the ways that they learn how to do things men can, i've had guys look at me and go yell at me I want you to tell me, you know, no, do it that right. You know, get on me about this. And I'm yep. like, okay. You're going to make me look like an asshole, but. Fine. Touche. Yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> Best man for the job, yeah, right? I'm here. I'm, Between I'm the here. both of us. We yeah. can, I think I'm we here. got that I covered. Do that. But then it's different talking to these young ladies. Yep. And it also depends on the age of the person, too. Who are you coaching? I mean, a 15-year-old girl and a 20-year-old girl in college is a totally different woman. I agree. They're totally different people. You know, and how they how they want to be talked to or treated or coached, you know, is, is you have to figure out your player. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing is getting to know who they are and how they want, how they're receptive to everything. And that's hard. Right. That's hard sometimes, especially with the younger kids, because he, they don't express themselves as easily. Yep. So you kind of have to have the little digging moments with them. Hey, what's up with you? How are you? And, you know, and you see it on their face. You know, I think we talked about that last time. You see you know, the demeanor on some kids facing like, Hey, what's up? You start to realize it, recognize it. You know, you start to get to know them just as much as, as like anybody, like a friend, it's like a friend, right? Yep. Like a friend, you yeah. get to know them as, you know, by just how they walk into the gym with their bag or just, oh, that, yeah, you know, the face or whatnot. You go, Hey, what's going on? You want to recognize those things to maybe get them out of it. So that they perform better that day. And just to see what's going on with them. And, and yeah. Hey, is, is everything all right? Yeah. Because, you know, as a coach, you, you want to be there for them for anything. But as, as a coach yourself, did you find out once you know how to coach um, the different animals? We're talking about the different sexes co uh, collectively. Did that um, allow you to take the next level and see things person to person, like individually? 
like help for me? No, for them. You as a coach helping them. Oh, well, my first year was just absolutely easy. These girls were, mm. they weren't on any team. Um, Brandon Mig kind of knew these girls because he had daughters the same age. And they weren't on any, any other club. And he was just kind of handpicking these girls. Hmm. It's just, a, hey, they're not playing anywhere. How about you? How about you? How about you? And then I kind of got thrown into it. Only the second year was I a little more involved in grabbing. I think we only picked up two or three different girls. Um, but as far as getting to know them, that was simple All right. for me. Just okay. Because... I mean, I, you're, I guess that's my, my personality. Yeah, for I was going to say your style is conversational. I like anyway. I like talking <clears throat> to people. I like getting to know people. I don't care how old you mm. are. I mean, I've been trying to break through my best friend's daughter for years. Okay, and I took her to we we played Friday night in the league because her mom and dad weren't they were going with her little brother because he had his championship baseball game and he was All like, right. man, would you come pick up Kylie so she can play with y'all because we're not going to be there. And I went, sure. Yeah, let's do it. It's first time she ever jumped in the trunk with Uncle Derek, you know, and stuff like that, and. I'm just sitting there talking away, talking away, and she's all, you know, kind of, kind of tight-lipped or whatever. And, and I was like, hey, you don't have to be like that with me. Come on, I've been knowing you your whole life. And, and I want her to just come out of her shell and talk to me. So I do that with, with anybody. I don't want you to be afraid of me. There's no need of that There's, for any reason. No need to be afraid of your coach. No need to be afraid. Because they're just mm. trying to grow up. Right. And that's how I see it. They're trying to become adults. I'm yeah. not trying to push you back down by yelling at you or bitching at you or anything. This is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be having a good time out there. And that's what I try to make practices like. Right. Yeah, you messed up. And I that's think that's okay. Don't you think that's where some coaches fall short? Like I think they that yelling they were yeah. raised on tough love and they I only was. know how to kinda of do this. Even as late as today. Like I was out I was out at um oh what the hell's that place called? Mango. Mango's, juniors yeah. tournament and um sean asked about, about kind of referee a game and i'm like sure fuck it i'm I just don't yeah. you know i'm like you want me to use my whistle but it wasn't that kind of environment yeah. you're just on a high chair and i'm like wait no one's using their hands no one's blocking so no net violations no doubles yeah dude just keep score i got the one job you got yeah. just the one got one job to do but during <laughs> the timeout I just heard the coach. You want to? You guys are sucking right now. Do you want to go out there and not suck? You know, whatever, and this and that. So, mm. and I'm like, and I'm listening to him. And when he said that, I'm like, interesting. And I gave him a pass because I thought there was something that was supposed to come after that. I thought he was kind of like poking at him a little bit. And I was like, all right, look, here's how. And maybe Cause sometimes you break because I've I've yeah. had to break down and yeah. build up. But you during a timeout, we had this limited amount of time to talk to them. Yeah. God, they, get, they just got their ass kicked. Make it something positive. The reason why they're calling a timeout is because they're getting their ass kicked anyway. And it's negative. And you're in a bad spot. And now during the timeout. All right. I'm not going to tip. keep telling you about the things you're doing wrong. What can yeah. we do to make it better? Yes. Yeah. And I don't know. There's no. See me? I get personally mad at myself inside. Yeah. People think I'm so mad at everybody else or whatever. The only person I'm mad at on that court normally is myself. Yeah. Because if I'm losing, it's all on me. That's right. how I feel. Well, it's also what made you good too. It's, it's the I, I, that's it's that kind of personality that I'm hard on myself. Yeah, hard on. I hate making mistakes. And I'll I'll say this: <laughs> playing with Evan when I grabbed him at 17, okay, and he would come off the court. Man, you see that big hit? It's great. You're supposed to do that. Yeah. And it wasn't I was trying to be negative about it, but I wanted him to see the other aspect of the game. It was like, right. well, hold on a minute. What about the five mistakes that you just made? 
And he was like, huh? And I was like, oh, you remember the big hit at point three, you know, fourth serve of the game, whatever, you know, you remembered yeah. all that, but you didn't remember the, 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 the shank pass on, a, on an easy jump serve, you know? Mm-hmm. You didn't remember that, but that's a mistake. That's a mental right. error. That's a little, those are the things that are going to make you great, right? So and you those went, are the things that <clears throat> bothered the hell out of me. So you went from bad teammate to good coach. Bad teammate? Never been a bad teammate. <laughs> Man, you said that shit to me. I'd be like, screw you. And this was after. No, this is oh. but this was after the game. This wasn't in the middle of the game. Oh, okay. This yeah. is him and I talking about the match. Yeah. I'm not talking about Oh, him. after the game. After yeah. the game, yeah, absolutely. No, not in the be, middle of the game. Be, you the see the big hit? Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. high five and you're good job, brother. Beat the hell out of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. after, the game, but after yeah. it, the, the coachable moment for him is what I was doing was showing him, hey man, everybody out there can hit the ball like that. Yeah. When, you, when you're going to get to that level. And I already knew he's going to get to that level. When you get to that level, you're not special bouncing a ball. No. You're special when you, make, when, you, when you make an error-proof game. Yeah. That's special. Or you're special when you make that bounce when it counts. Yeah. Right? Let's say it's 21 up. Got to win by two. 2019, Phil hitting the, that, that ball in Austin yeah. to end game one. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that was nasty. And that's yeah. that's total confidence in who he is as a player, yeah. too, and what he sees and what his partner put up for him, yeah. who was his first time ever playing with him there in the final. And that set gotta, with a bounce like that, that's dude, insane. I got to tell you, I did a podcast after that, and I was trying to find a way to salute this man's quasi-goat status. Because mm-hmm. right now, it's, I'll only do top three American goats. I'll go Karch, I'll go um, Randy, and I'll go Phil. For the American scene. Those are my top three goats. Go yeah. greatest of all time. So I'm trying to find a way to appreciate and show respect for this man's goat status. And at the same time, not cast aspersions on the men's division mm-hmm. that let that shit happen. You know, like, this man rolls off the couch, 43. I'm going to play some back row defense. Let's split block, Andy. Let's have a good time. And wins. And you want to salute. I mean, I had Mark Fornicari. And I'm, as an I'm, active player, Mark Fornicari carried the GOAT status yeah. that allowed me to, to go to the men's division and say, what the hell, what, what the hell y'all doing? You know, and what, the, and what about the rest of the world scene that has the same size players that didn't allow Phil to do that shit? Look, I played a lot against Phil. Yeah. And, and was around, just watching all his games for, yeah. for years, playing, playing in the same tournaments. Well, do you have him in your top three goat list too? 100%. Yep. 100%. But nobody got to see the defense of Phil. Yeah. Phil was excellent on defense even yeah. when we were 20 years ago. Yep. He really was. Yeah. He could move like a – you'd look at him and think, that guy's not, not quick, he's no. not fast, he's not going to get there. He's – ridiculously athletic. Yes. Ridiculously for as tall and thin as he is. And anybody that's watched him block, when you see his move, the one move on the pull, mm-hmm. on his pull, or you see mm-hmm. a one move on serve receive, he doesn't have wasted moves. So nope. even the people that never saw him play D well, uh, shouldn't have been surprised yeah. that he can do some of those yeah. things at the elite level. I mean, when, when they were split blocking, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, no. I know they're going to do well. Yeah, I, I just didn't know. I, know uh, I don't know Andy. I don't, I don't know him at all, Banesh, yeah. right? Oh, Banesh is kind of the future of Americans. American yeah. Big men and, I think the first and, time I saw him was Chicago last year. Yeah. Well, just he gets everything he deserves. I mean, I yeah. saw I, the the biggest sample size. I was in Atlantic City. I was calling on court one, mm-hmm. and him and Billy Allen um, made it to the finals. They they lost to um, Kane Shalk and Theo Brunner. 
Um, it's a tournament that I'm no like, one talks about. 100K purse. Yeah. Yeah, in, in Atlantic City. That. Yeah. Um, and now the AVP was like, wait, we got, we're going there twice this year. So good, mm-hmm. good. For, I say for the AVP, good for them. I think that's because of ballets. Yeah, 100 percent because of ballets. <laughs> yeah, but because there was great feedback. Yeah. They had. It was the first time they had a double elimination, double elimination qualifier. So winners bracket was two oh, two to have some of those winner, back. winners bracket was two out of three. Yeah. And losers bracket was one to twenty. 20, 21, 28 or something. Twenty five, yeah. Some, and they and yeah. you know what? No light no light nights. No oh, excuse me, no night lights. Mm. They banged it out before dark. It was great. Yeah, you know, that's and awesome. I'm like, this is a great idea I'm, and I hope they a, keep there's doing There's a handful of qualifiers I wish I had another <laughs> yeah. a, 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 a second loss. Dude. Or yeah, another um, chance, yeah, the true double elimination. I got to tell you, I was Jeff Samuel's coach for um, a couple of those tournaments. Like one was a Dave Palm guy from Florida. I know Dave well. And I felt like the biggest fail coach ever. Like, dude, I have I, we have pets. We have a cat or a dog that could sit under that umbrella and they could make the fucking <laughs> main draw. And I'm like, man, we ran into Brandon Clemens and Dylan Marek. Brandon, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Brandon's a Harvard boy. Um, uh, outside hitter, but was still fresh. From the indoor scene so that that jump serve speed that mm-hmm. indoor people oh, have yeah. that um i know you don't like this term wrist away that he has <laughs> don't don't throw the microphone um, <laughs> old school doesn't yes, like it either no none of us do and, and you know what all old, of old school sudden, on facebook they don't like it they're like get away with wrist away but yeah. wrist away is like a song that they play on the radio and that you start singing yourself and as a commentator i was like wrist away wrist away wrist away and oh. i threw up in my mouth a oh. little bit but anyway, this guy, yeah. different five different ways to hit cross because he still has that indoor mentality. Like he treated Dave like a double block, and we lost to him 2-0, and I was like, man, it's just, that just felt like shit. I'm like, I felt like I was useless. <laughs> I mean, but like you're, you, just, you're just there as a coach, though. Yeah. You're not out there playing the game for him. No. You know, both of those guys are great. And we did only train for one day. Yeah, that's true. We, we, he you came, in, he came in the day before. Yeah, uh, I did the well, same thing with yeah. with Evan and Logan in Chicago last year. Yeah, I I, I didn't really know him. Trained no. with him the day before and stuff like that. I mean, I know Evan, but I haven't coached or done anything with Evan in four four five years now. Whatever it is, I it's and that was very classy time. gesture on his part too. I was happy to do it. I wanted yeah. to be there. I'm glad I was there. I really was glad I was there. I was glad I saw you on center court. Um, I'm watching Chicago, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, because I didn't make Chicago. I wasn't well, at Chicago. Jake retiring, I didn't know. I had no right. idea. I mean, well, I, farewell I played party. against Jake one time before, um, him and Adam Jewell yep. back in the day. Wow. Yeah, and I think they, they beat us 21-14, 21-15. But nice. I knew Adam. Adam came up right around right when I came, and I played in the qualifier series that they had years ago. And Adam was on. That's how I knew Adam. But anyway, um, Adam Roberts. Adam Jewell. Oh, Adam Jewell. Adam Jewell. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Whoa. Adam Roberts too. Okay. <laughs> Adam, you know, his longevity is ridiculous. Um, but I didn't know Jake was retiring, so yeah, I was glad I was there to watch that. But and to be there for Evan, I just didn't know what to like. I'm sure you felt the same way. I don't know. I don't. I don't know Logan on that personal level. I meet you the day before. I'm trying to get a, a feel. I think. Um, you know, I asked a couple of people, you know, and they were like, uh, what's Seemed his name? Like a straight uh, Corey, shooter. Corey yeah. Robinson, Corey Chaos, yep. right? He yeah, knows yeah. him. And he and I talked a little bit, and he was like, well, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that with him. But then again, I don't know him, so I don't feel no. comfortable saying some anything like that to him. You know, besides just little yeah. things that I'm seeing, hey, press later, you know, a little bit, or just to keep him calm, you know. I don't really know how to approach you. 
Because keeping him calm was the the the, um, the scouting report, right? I guess yeah. from other coaches who worked with him before. I think it was more not letting him get in his own head, right? And get in his own way. Like yep. he would just mentally. Yeah, he's you know, with just, John John Hyden now, right? Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, I don't it's think good partnership. That, yeah, John's a good guy. Yeah, they John's made the last day right in um, Austin. They made day three quarterfinals. I didn't see. Yeah, I didn't see. Yep. I but I was. Uh, yeah, it was great. But getting back to going, you know, being that coach, that's that's an amazing thing that he asked. I'm appreciative of it. I love the kid, you know, and then I got to meet Logan. Nice. And who kind of helped bring him to that level, which is awesome too. So, and he was a nice guy. So, I'm again in New Orleans yeah. uh, a few weeks, what, a month Man, ago. Man, that served his space was awesome. Yeah. And he that, was, that little um, right-hander's cut that was going right shoulder and then mm-hmm. winding up in the middle and – Dude, I'm like, you should never serve position zone five or one <laughs> until they fix that. <laughs> Logan's, Logan could be a – I think he's going to be a force as long as he just gets his mm-hmm. himself – I think he's on the right path. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of traveling, he said, that, that year that they, you know, he drove everywhere and all that stuff. Yeah. He just needs to settle himself down. And he sets his goals and, and, right. Yeah, and just keep that focus on this, this and that's it. He's going to get there. I interviewed so. I interviewed Logan in Huntington Beach. It was a FIVB AB. Not that he's not already there. No. I, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, to get to the, the next highest level. That's what I'm saying. He yeah. ain't there until he is. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, no disrespect. At all. No, of course. We respect every player. 100%. We respect the player who loses in the first round of the qualifier. <laughs> you know? No, I got, you know, I got a, poor, a friend, man. I just want him to win one. If he wins one qualifier match, I feel like he can say that part of his life's over with. And so, he could behave like a mammal, you know? Um, not not who you not who you no 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 I know uh, um, I know yeah it's but a friend we, of mine. Uh, I'll, I'll would just you consider him a pro? <laughs> no, <laughs> I wouldn't. But or but, a player on the AVP because that's a conversation we want to have. Or all a right? player on the AVP? No, a player on the AVP? No, a pro? That's a question of fact because just because your job sucks and just because they don't pay you well doesn't mean you're not a pro. It no. just mean it just mean your your line of work sucks. <laughs> All right, so you're saying a guy qualify, or you're saying a guy win a match? All right, in a qualifier, guy qualifies, hits the main draw. That's an AVP pro. Yes. All right, a guy who's doing well on a regional scene. These fifteen hundred dollar tournaments here, finishing second for eight, finishing first for fifteen. I would say beach volleyball pro. But I wouldn't okay. say AVP Tour Pro. Let's do old and qualifier I, ways, not like they have the tournaments today where um, some of the top-level guys don't come. All right. And that's a smaller tournament, you know, like Dave Palm and yeah. – and, um, Samuels. And, um, no, um, just the last one. Oh, um, Dave Palm and um, – Oh, he's going to kill me. Because <laughs> they did well, man. They won. They won. Rafu. Rodriguez. Yeah, Rafu. That's right. That's Rafu. He's going to kill me. I was his I fucking know. coach, dude. <laughs> I just hung Fuck out with him dude. at the tournament. Me, him, and uh, yeah, it, yeah. I love Sorry about dude. that. I apologize. I, I got great stories about him, but I'll, we'll talk about him. He's later. a real good dude, but that's a whole different tournament. Right. That's not the same thing. That's like a qualifier. So getting into that tournament, mm-hmm. let's go old school qualifiers where it was single limb. You don't win a match. No. Right. I'm consider you an AVP player. Mm-hmm. You're not. No. You. My dad could sign up for that in '73, and anybody and, and but his best when friend. But your dad was playing. That was for. Fucking board shorts, well, right? You know what I'm I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying yeah. anybody can sign up if you, you know, if they allow it and there's enough space in it, mm-hmm. you can sign up and play. Right. This is no joke. Right. I have played two guys in jean shorts in a qualifier. I'm not yeah. lying to you. 
They saw a Top Gun I, movie or something. <laughs> they knew it was seriously. It was too, it was in Birmingham, Alabama. It was two older gentlemen who uh-huh. they had never played an AVP. Steve Kahn played in the Qualifier. I don't know who that is. With Matza. They call him Matza. Oh yeah, yeah. Coast. I know who that is. I know who he is. He plays all the time in the Qualifier. We played with Van Sweet um, and a few of them. Yes. Who's um the Steve. guy? Who's also the guy that's the MC on the West Coast that MCs? Uh, Mark Shurman. Oh yeah. He plays in the qualifier, the Manhattan qualifier every year. Yeah. I, know, I, I, I get what yeah. you're saying. You know what saying. That's not a fucking pro. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get you know. that. But I'll put it this way. Jeff has only been in the main draw one time the last three years. Okay. But on the regional scene, yeah. makes more money than Avery Drost. Yeah. He's more of a pro yeah. than Avery Drost is. Understandable. But the language, I think you're talking about the explicit nature of the language. AVP tour professional. No, you're fucking not. Yeah, are you, you an know, AVP so, player? Right. No. So that's so me. We had a fun, uh, and I like you the conversation be because it's a serious conversation because we're proud men and we don't like people insulting our sport. Yeah, or just so it could it. the conversation could have been serious, but you and me, well, the right people because we were the best because we could we, you know we could have that conversation yeah. to keep the mood light, sure, but still tell the truth. One hundred percent. There's 100%. no way I can fucking. You know me too well, and you're too fucking old for me to bullshit you, right? And too given my, too, and given my age, to too, we, we're, we, we, we're in this podcast right now, and, and there's going to be like, dude, there's going to be 10,000 people watching this podcast because they're like, these two are too old to bullshit each other. <laughs> and I bet you there's a fucking moment in this podcast look, where they have to remind here, each other Here's the deal with like me. That. I'm always going to speak my mind. Yes. I'm always going to say what's on my mind yeah. and the truth about it. Yep. Okay? Yeah. I don't have a reason to lie to anybody. No. Just, I don't. I don't. You, how about this? Yeah. I don't care enough. No. I don't care enough to lie to you. It's too much energy. It's too much energy. It's too much. People living in your head I don't get it. And you're stumbling over yourself. No. Everybody's lied. Everybody's lied. Yep. But I don't have a, I don't, I don't, I'm just too old for that. I'm just like, it's just dumb. Yeah. And I've, I've, that's been for years. If you don't like what I have to say, then don't listen. There it is. Change the channel. Do whatever, you know. All Are the, we old enough to remember the knob? Yeah. The knob, that's why I did that right. instead of remote. You right. take these two fingers because <laughs> they specialize for turning the channel. Uh, right. well, well, that's what, but that's what we turned into as a society, right? Yeah. When, when I grew up, like I'm 51, mm-hmm. when I grew up, there was a black and white TV. We had channel two. Four, five, seven, nine, eleven, and thirteen, and two Spanish channels that that Should if you, you, that if you worked no, but if you worked the UHF, the ultra high frequency, yeah. you would get that. But with that being said, if, we, if bottom line, okay, if I saw a show I didn't like, I get up off my Brooklyn butt, yeah. out of the chair. I know people are like, wait, he got up. Yeah, yeah no remote control. Yeah. Take these two fingers. I'm gonna see if I could put it on the camera because they specialize for that. And you turn the fucking channel. Say, you turn ya. the channel. Enter present day. Yeah. Big screen right here. Same difference. 900 channels. Yeah. And instead of changing the channel, which they can, they don't have to get up to do anymore. They right. have remote control. Or instead of changing Alexa. the channel, they choose to get to be offended. They yep. choose. Uh, to sit through every disgusting frame of something that turns them off, mm-hmm. and that is why you don't care. And also, because that is that, why you've given up. Yeah, and on also, some of these everybody's people. perception and everybody's view of what something is mm-hmm. is different. Yep, I'm seeing something different than you are. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm seeing it. Yeah, try putting yourself in my shoes and seeing it from how I how where I'm at. Yeah, and why am I saying that? Ask yourself that first before you think somebody's just an asshole. Yeah, 100%, dude. I fucking love that. And we're, I've done it myself. I've done it myself. Well, we're, 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 we're not machines, yeah, right? Yeah. We're people. So, I, mean, I got a lot yeah. of flaws. Yep. I really do. I really do. But 
that's the thing with life is you can keep working on them and you can keep getting better as a person. Self, the ability to self-correct is, Going in, through a lot of is that instilled right now. in every human being. Not every human being exercises that, right? Yeah. We have we have flaws and fears that just come with our DNA, yeah. but uh, God or someone or science or whatever, yeah. whatever, 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 whoever your God is for li- for sure. the listeners, spiritual, whatever. They they equipped us with the ability to self correct. Yeah, and, and, and you said the the, the 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 best word, and it was exercise. Yes, exercise. You don't use it, you lose it. You yes. don't exercise your mind. You don't exercise <laughs> your, everything. You just. It either stays the same or it goes backwards. The mind is very much like that. Yeah, if you thing. don't stretch it, you lose yeah. You lose the flexibility. <laughs> I can't say that I haven't lost focus on some of that myself. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. past couple of years have been a little bit of a struggle for me with some things. And yeah. Hurricane. Getting, getting you... back. That, that, no, that, yeah. that's not it for me. All right. Uh, that wasn't anything devastating. I just see that as... That's just life. Yeah. You know, that's just a way of life down here. There's right. going to be one come through and one of them's going to be good and one of them's going to be nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean, not good. One of them's going to be terrible and it just destroys your city or breaks a couple of trees, whatever, or just takes part of your roof off and you got to go through the, the, the bullshit of getting it back. That's right. not a stressor for me. No. That's just things that happen. It's like, I don't know, it's just life. Really I'm just is. talking about myself, you know, with, with getting my head straight. Yeah. And your evolution. And, yeah. And being... I guess it's just growth. It's just growth. Trying to be a better person every day. Yeah. Seeing life that way. And I think I lost, I lost it for a little while in, in, in seeing that. I think, you know, I, I get, put it this way. I guess talking to more people about that, I've learned that most people go through that. You know, a depression right. or just losing themselves and whatnot, which I have. Right. And it's not fun. No. But now I also, I also recognize it in other people. Yep. And it makes me see people in a different way yeah. and see, like, just reading their face. And you can go, is there something really wrong? And so if you're a real friend, you walk up and ask. Yep. And sometimes you, you catch them right. And they spill and it. sometimes you don't. And that's yeah. good. And that's yeah. good. And that way you, you can possibly help them out with it because you know where they're at. Yeah. There's you know? nobody that, that's appreciating your journey. Um, well, maybe there is someone more than me, but right now I'm a prisoner of the moment. There's no one that appreciates what you went through and, and some things you still are, but you're still not that, um, nobody appreciates that more than me. We had a great conversation mm-hmm. last year. Um, and that was like, that was like four hours of whiskey in a, <laughs> in, in a dive bar, but you'd yeah. be surprised. Like there are people that can know you half your life, but, but what we banged out in four hours. And Jason, I'm probably different from that point. Tonight. Yeah. You're even more different from that. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not trying to make this about me, but I've, I've had, I've been homeless, slept slept on New York trains for almost a year. You know, my parents kicked me out the house, um, wow. um, and that was a scary time for me. You know, um, but you grew from it. Um, yeah, but I had something that happened in my teen life that was blocking me uh, mentally from moving on with stuff. Mm-hmm. And when when I discovered it through theater, I went back to school. I was a returning adult student, and you and I thought theater was just like faking it till you make it. No, theater is real human behavior and imaginary circumstances. Mm-hmm. So they bring out all of this shit, and all of a sudden something comes out of your past, and you start crying on stage, and people think it's from the scene, and it's not, and yeah. it, it is, and it's not. Right, right. And I really, really started asking myself these questions, not even having answers, just asking the question, retrospective action. And from that point on, Boom! Started getting, you know, went back to school. Got yeah. Straight, straight A's. I was a 4.0 like my first two years in college. 
um, graduated like like a three seven one, which is you know magna, I think. But the point I was trying to make was there's always somebody that says something or does something, or maybe just someone helping you that, that that's an inciting incident that creates this ultimate reversal. Yeah. Um, not ultimate reversal where you're the polar opposite of what you were, just an, an evolution, a, a, a different version that that you're yeah, optimistic, yeah. if not hopeful, that's slightly better. Or you can just see it on a linear line. Yep. Okay, and you just skewed just a little more this way to hit this destination that's over here and you keep a skew and just a little more and a little more to get to that point. Yep. And every time you change it, it goes a little this way, it goes a little that way, but you, you know, you see what I'm saying? Makes that little minute, sense. That little, little minute decision can either throw you a little bit this way, but mm -hmm. the further you go away, you have, you have to keep correcting to keep getting to where you want. And that's what I, that's how I see it as to how to fix myself. It's just these little bitty corrections. And the but people they're that, always going to be there. Yeah, they're always going to be there. Nobody's a hundred percent. No, no one. If we can, if we can live at between seventy to eighty-five. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're doing bad because we're not perfect. No, we're not going to be a hundred percent. We're not going to be ninety. You just nobody lives that fantasy dream. No. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm living a lot of it now, man. Well, no, it's, it's there's uh, highs and lows. Yeah, there's highs and lows, which yep. is good. Different moods. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But but anybody saying, "Oh, I'm a hundred percent fine," you're wrong. No. You're, There's you're no fooling such, yourself. No such animal. You're fooling yourself. Yeah. But but the, but every that's why that progression is every day. Yeah. To get yourself better and, and to see do, things in a different way. Do you know I was more depressed my first year moving to California? Like I thought it'd be this paradise or whatever, yeah. and this and that. Why so? I'm more. I was more depressed in Calif that first year in California than I was when I was homeless and I had nothing. I'm moving to California. You know, I got a little money put away for a rainy day. My yeah. wife, I'm not going to talk about her job, but let's just say the amount of money they pay you to talk about money is ridiculous, and mm -hmm. I'm glad I'm on her side. <laughs> um, but the whole concept of having to pay dues all over again. Yeah. And people to, people trying to treat you like a 20-year-old. And, and then you jump through people's you hoops, yeah. and you do all the right things, and you give everyone their respect, and... You feel like you're running and, and on a treadmill. You're not running on. You're not running a distance where you're actually attaining distance, and you're seeing new sights and you're moving forward. You're on a treadmill where you're, you're doing all this work and burning all these calories. And you're, you're in the same room, seeing the same thing. That's how it felt. Yeah. And I told my wife, I said, if you want to kill me, take me back to Brooklyn and kill me. All right. I said, take me to the Verrazano Bridge, <laughs> put two in my head, let me die like a fucking man. All right. Yeah. Don't let me die here in the, in the, I said in the desert. I call Hermosa Beach the desert. <laughs> I said, don't let me die here in the desert like a Never rain. snake, <laughs> like, yeah. a, like a dead ass. Someone's going to make boots out, a pair of boots out of me. Um, I got through that stretch, realizing what you realized that mm -hmm. one, this is not an intense situation of depression. This is something I don't need medication for. This is something I acknowledge. I'm not alone. It's not an unnatural feeling. Yeah. And I kind of got through it. And the best way I got through it is the same way a lot of people do it. Don't look to the left or the right. Keep your fucking head in the work until something, something breaks. And yeah. the thing that broke, honestly, Deron Forbes, you know, gave me the shot of Endless Summer. John Mayer, love. Um, he met me in Mexico, absolutely loved. We talked about coaching. We were, we felt like we were both in the minds of a genius because he felt the same way I felt, even yeah. though I felt more of that way about him because yeah. you just, he's so quiet, you don't see him coming. Me, I'm a fucking big mouth. You see me coming, right? So, <laughs> relate to that. <laughs> um, John Mayer, Deron Forbes, and there's a guy named Duncan Avery. 
Um, God bless his kids who are dealing with tumors or whatever. Both of his mm. kids have a tumor in the same spot, and we pray for him. But evolution, that was the, the, the Brian Ivey's kid or whatever. Yep. Yep. So those three people gave me an opportunity, and all I did was I made a room three monitors and all I did was watch volleyball videos and break down every tournament every game and then and the summer ended up having like the best you know top and recruitments per capita John Mayer ended up winning the WCC's they beat Pepperdine from the losers bracket no mm. less and Evolution who was 41st in California ended up um, finished as high as 5th at Nationals uh, in Ohio so um, I didn't disappoint them but this depression thing where I'm like, I've been doing this all my life. And, and just because I'm in a zip code with a bunch of cocky dudes, and I'm like, you do know I fucking forgot more volleyball than you know. As, as hard as it is for those guys to swallow. But as hard as it was for me to swallow, I was not completely right on that either. Yeah. So I had to humble myself. and But that was a bad, bad year for me. I'm fucking in my own. I'm 47 years old. Depression's no joke. 47 years old. And these, these dudes, these, these yeah. guys, are not, they're not even good businessmen. Never mind volleyball minds. We're not. We're not going to talk about coaching because they still. They still got. I in my mind, in your mind, we always feel like we're the best until we're not. Right. That fuck it. We just say, all right, right. fine. If it comes off pompous or self-serving, I'm gonna just keep it real. But that's how I have to. I always feel like I'm the best coach until I'm sure. not. So I'm not going to talk until about. Until you lose. Coach. I'm not. Right. But I'm not going to. So I ain't going to have that conversation with them no more. All sure. right. And two guys who actually punched our ticket as a coach instead of picking up guys in a draw. And like you said, they can all go kick rocks. So yeah. I'm not talking about coaching. I'm talking about being a businessman. I'm talking about how to treat human beings. I'm talking about not being phony. Yeah. Not not you know. Um, and that's something you got to appreciate. I've never been phony. I just I don't I don't have the time. You've been a lot of things, man. But yeah. not that's Asshole. No one. Any, any other name you want to no. call me, I've been. Phony's fighting words, dude. For sure. Phony's fighting words. Well, the other words would have been fighting words too yeah. back then. Phony. Just, just a different. Racist you know. and phony yeah. is like. Look, I can hold my own because I'm ex-military, and you know, and MMA is like my thing when I'm not watching volleyball, right. and I ain't fighting nobody. But you call me a phony or call me a racist, I'm, I'm a two-piece. You're gonna get a three-piece and a soda, dude. You know, <laughs> pop, pop, pop. <laughs> three, yeah, you're, gonna, you're gonna get a three-piece and a soda, I'm dude. Like three-piece and Popeyes. I'm kind of hungry right now. Yeah. So you got the reference, dude. We having steak after this. You gotta sh come through. Come through. It's a great right. spot. Um, so. God, I didn't mean to take it to that route because I, right. I had a lightning round I wanted no, us to do. No, that's a good thing, man. I think everybody needs to uh, so – there should be more talk about all this stuff. Lightning round. This is oh, a lightning boy. round question. We've got 60 seconds to answer. I'm taking you back to club coaching, all right? Give me a situation where you made a decision that the parents and, and maybe even some of the players thought was kind of like not logical, not sensible, but wound up the right, the right decision. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. All right, cool. Because I'm thinking back five, six years. A lot, I, I think don't if even I go know first, if there really were any. To, um, to be honest with you, but I think what I'm gonna say is gonna like it's gonna Maybe. throw something in your brain. Maybe so. So, uh, all right. So, evolution. We're out of the gold, gold mat, gold bracket, right? And mm -hmm. We're in the silver, just trying to, you know, just trying to leave winners. You know, the, the club life, educating people on a scenario. We're in game three. It's in the finals for the silver bracket, and I have a 15 year old on my 17s team at the end of the bench. Hasn't played all weekend. And we're up 14, 15-14, uh, game three. And I'm like, oh, you want to go in the serve? He's like, yeah. So I'm like, dude, all right. So just jump float, position one, because that's a yeah. right work as coaches. Yeah. When in doubt, go one-to-one. -one. Yeah. See if the setter turns his back, becomes more predictable, and we're better on defense, blah, blah, blah. So he goes, yes. He looks in my eye, and he says, yes. 
And then he goes on the court and he tosses the ball 25 feet in the air. And he gets a run, a three-step approach, and he jump serves. And I won't use the, the, the W word. Yeah. <laughs> he turns and goes, he turns position four. Mm-hmm. And this ball had such a nasty drop that the guy trying to pass the ball dived, dived, that time's up. But he oh. dived, <laughs> he dived for the ball yeah. and didn't touch it. The guy trying to pass it. Yeah. And the father, the parents who are watching him play just go, and I said, and I went like that, winking. And then another parent, like the guy subbed him out, the, him yeah. out for the kid that his parents. He says, "You got a big fucking set of balls. I love you, dude." So that was my um, that was my moment of not logical, not sensible, but wound up right. You know, when I, co- I, I honestly, I only really coach. I did a lot more training of people. Okay. Than, and it really wasn't a lot of that either. Yeah, talk to me about that. Then. The coaching more was just for two years with Brandon Mig. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I wasn't the guy making all the decisions. I was the guy who helped with everything with these young ladies technically. I could see, you know, their footwork, their arm swing, their passing form. All of that is what I more focused on, and I also focused on more the mental part of the game. Brandon was more the X's and O's as to what we're running and, and that kind of stuff when when we coached. So like. On the court, if one of these girls turned around, they'd look. They'd look at me for what they did wrong kind of thing. They wouldn't look towards Brandon. Because I had them more – I guess my biggest thing was you need to self-analyze before you even look at me. Mm -hmm. But that was, you know, beginning of the season, and then you brought it to the end of the season. As to when they turn around at you, they're already shaking their head going – yeah, I <laughs> he got it. Right. So I never had those like like you just had a coachable like a, a moment that yeah. changed something that might have been questionable because I was never the guy who made all those decisions. Yeah. Brandon normally came up with those kind of scenarios, and I go, "Sounds good, do it." Yeah. You know, kind of thing. I was really laid back as a coach. I wanted to just I wanted to get to them on a technical level, not coach like the positions and all that other stuff. I just wanted wanted you to play the game better and have fun doing it. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to get in their state of mind as to – Complete sense. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I absolutely. Just, I, I wanted them to not – I've seen so many kids over the years, they turn their head to the coach. Yeah. They turn their head to the coach after every play. Yeah, because like, those are sideline coaches. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop looking at me. Mm-hmm. This, that, we, do, we go through all this in practice. When you turn to me, I want you to look at me and go, I got it. I know what I did wrong. And that's it. That's what I want out of you. And move now, on. I get it. They're young. Now, if they can't figure it out in their own head real quick, then I'm going to go, and they're like, I, I can't. Because there's only a certain amount of time between the play, right? And they look at you and, go, and if they, if I feel that they self-analyze, you know, they're not kidding themselves, you know, with saying, yeah, I don't know every time. You know that kid who's just, I don't know, I don't know, because they're not trying, you know, to a- analyze themselves or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you Sorry. know when they do, and they know when they don't. But the majority mm-hmm. of them, they, they, you know, they did it at first. Mm-hmm. They would do, I don't know. And I was like, home, come on. You but know. I got them through the year to actually, when they turned and go, when they said they don't know, they didn't know, then I'd sit there and I'd answer right away. Yeah. But I also knew that they were self-analyzing. That, that, that to me was huge. Cool, man. All right, hey, lightning round question number two. Here we go. And this one, you got to go first. Oh, God. Um, in 2001, I'll give you an example for indoor. There was an introduction of the libero. There was let serve rule. Uh-huh. Um, there was rally. And there was the, the, the taking away of receiving, actually double hit, 
was was now um, a protected call for first contact. Oh yeah, right. Receiving serve open hand. So yeah. and on the outdoor scene, big court, short court, new lighter ball for away from, uh, the new Wilson um, mm -hmm. instead of the Spalding top flight, which turned yeah. into a fucking egg. And when you hit it too hard, uh, um, still I still the love that one. No, but that's, that, come on, we love <laughs> us some top old, flights, old dude. The top flight eighteen. Yes, <laughs> but if it, if it rained and it got soaked, man, you got to serve Ooh. underhand, dude. You know what I mean? It's crazy, I but so. You get to pick one of those sports, and you have 60 seconds. If there's one rule for indoor or beach that you would like to see the new rules do away with and go back to the other way, um, what would it be? And you can choose indoor or beach. Floor is yours. I think that um, I just don't like rally at all. I think going back to side out is, is I understand why they don't. You know, but one game of 15, mm -hmm. it, it creates a different type of player. Um, you can't look at a ball that just went over line and not try and go, I'm just going to side out the next time. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But or, that takes that all not. out of your head. That mm -hmm. takes that all out of your head that I have to earn every point. And that 100% made me the player that I was playing old school like that. It was that grind. Yeah. It really was. I mean, you remember the grind. It was in a two-hour and 15-minute match to 15. Oh, yes, great. And none of us cared. None of us were backing out of that. We looked forward to it. I've, I've lost matches. I've lost a game like that, 16-14. Right. It shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. Would you keep uh, game, game five as rally or the deciding game as rally? Oh, so you're going best two out of three? See, I'm just going strictly beach. Okay, if it's beach, would you say um, – Oh no! Yeah. Beach one game to fifteen. One there is no 15, two out of three. No sets. Two out of three. Yeah, Boom. yeah. All right. And and end it that way. And I, I don't know that the matches really mm -hmm. go that much longer or whatnot. Yeah. You know. This now, guess, now and now this episode belongs in old school. And well, when yeah. when you, when you shorten the court, well, then why would you take away the side outs scoring? Yeah. I don't know. It just didn't make much sense. Like, I like both. I do like both. I'd like I, to I revisit that one. That, yeah, I can't say I don't like both, though. I do let's, like both. Let's revisit that question because my answer, I think, my answer leads to yeah. that question. Okay. So my turn on this one. Um, for beach volleyball, I'd say absolutely nothing. I like the lighter ball. It's easier on your shoulder. I like that rally and let's serve roof off, uh, offsets each other, right? Because mm -hmm. no one's going to want to serve tough if they think the top of the tape takes away the ball. So yeah. um, with that being said, I'm just going to go to indoor. And the one rule I just want them to take away, I don't want, I do not like first contact being double uh, because the uh, referees are incompetent. They can't decipher a carry from a double. Some guy jumps in the air, takes both hands, does that. No, that's a double, but it's a, dude, it's also a chuck. Yeah, you're also um, and it does, changing the position of the ball. And yeah. my biggest complaint is it only affects the lower levels. Like if you look at the Olympic Games, you look at the pro leagues, nobody receives her serves with their hands anyway because it's speed of the serve. You know, sometimes someone serves short. Yeah, the middle take is with his, sure. with his hands, you know, run a back one and boom but at the highest level the, the ones that are the least affected by a lot of these rule changes and include short court a little bit are the highest level players this only affects people at the lower level and sometimes mm -hmm. it takes away the actual skill that requires that. to play this game it's supposed to be bump set spike not smudge set spike so <laughs> or double um, set spike yeah I, I, or lift set spike I don't right. even know if that was a question just so we can fucking rant but right. but, but it was it, look I, it was super necessary I do agree with that point too mm -hmm. I will say that I don't like it either. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm old school. My mother taught me to pass the volleyball. Yeah. You know, two hands together against the wall, and that's the way you did it, period. Yeah. And 
everything the way that people talk about volleyball is either you play it really well or you play picnic volleyball and that just gets into the picnic aspect because if you go to any picnic that's how everybody's playing yep right yeah and to me that makes the game look worse <laughs> yeah and that's just it no it looks every like commercial a, you see that has volleyball on it it looks like horrible. a horrible it looks like a game and not a sport it looks like a game and not a sport. Well, to it, us. It, it could be Parcheesi. To, to, us. Well. to yeah. us, it does. To people yes. who know how to play the game. Yes. But to people who don't, they go, well, that just looks like every other picnic that I've been on. So it mm. doesn't matter. That's right. But to the people who play volleyball, well, you're seeing this. It just doesn't, it doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. Even when they change the rule, I mean, I do it sometimes when I played indoor, receive open hand or whatever. Right. But the majority of everything was platform pass, everything, just because I was – I'm better at platform passing than I am at hands passing. Yeah. And there's people going to argue that. Oh, you can't beat whatever. Well, well things can go through your hands. Nothing's true. nothing's going through that. Right. Nothing's you going through it. that form. You, know, you can shake yeah. anything. I have a friend, Ren Osborne, kind of a queen. Mm-hmm. One of the one. Um, he is known as the queen. He's like this exotic male or whatever. And okay. and he said something. I'm going to share with you. The game looks more beautiful when you do it right. And some of this hot dog stuff that's that's now legal or whatever. The yeah. game generate a fan who's never seen the game will stop and watch when they see you do something that we as as volleyball purists as volleyball purists consider yeah. right. Yeah, doing um, a skill in yeah. that perspective uh, sport. Yep, that's what that is. That's how I see it. It's a skill. Cool. And like, and and this could be done by almost anybody yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it. Yeah, almost anybody. And you know who I blame? All of the old coaches that thought it was a great idea. Like Al. First of all, Al Gates is like, oh, it's great. It'll speed the game up. And because it was Al Gates, everyone said, yeah, right, yeah, it'll right. speed the game up. And I'm like, you know, it's 2000, and he has, with respect, he only has like two marbles rolling around right now. I mean, he's he's the greatest of all time, one yeah. college coach of all time. Yeah. But at the end of his career, I know it's the biggest dirty secret, and I'm gonna just say it on the podcast. It, it was it was assistant coach driven. And you and you shouldn't just you shouldn't just suck up to someone if you disagree with him. True. And and he was one of the the, the guys that thought it, how wonderful it was and his rationale with no no real evidence except what's the except difference? His, I don't. It doesn't that. speed up the, up the game. The game. Well, that no. doesn't make any sense to me. No, you know what's you know what would speed how, up the game. How? You know how what would speed it? up the game. Don't give a guy thirteen seconds to serve when he has eight seconds. <laughs> the guy dribbles eight you times. A, you made a video of that, didn't you? Yeah, right? Did you see the video? <laughs> and he holds he holds the ball out right. in front of him and stares at the mm-hmm. ball. Let me t- well, that's Anton Kupo in the NBA. Is that him? Yes. Is that uh, his free throws? <laughs> yeah. And they're all sitting there counting one, two, three. And it goes in and he smiles at everybody. Right, yeah. right. Uh, but, but they but, know but, he's only got a certain amount of time. Right. You know what I like about about Greek free throw? Mm. The free throw goes in. That guy who wastes, all, wastes our time at the service that's line. His routine. 50% of the time he misses. That's a routine that's fail <laughs> yeah, but that, he's got to go through his routine i got a team yellow card for that yeah i was a, a assistant coaching with my friend justin stack at baru big big shout out just um and we're playing either springfield who's kind of a powerhouse d3 team or stevens tech and we the bench started silent counting the ref blew the whistle to serve we're one two three but our silent count because your people are quiet when he serves anyway the whole gym Started catching on five, six. So we're the home team. Yeah. Nine, 10, 11, 12, Jeez. 
13, so, and the guy averaged 11 seconds to 13 seconds. Finally, wow. the bottom ref tells the top ref to give our team a yellow card. Why you? And, Why not them a warning? And I said, so you know what I'm about to say next. So we get a yellow card for you not doing your job. That's what you're saying right yeah. now. We get a yellow card for you not doing your job. That's what you're telling us. Say, like, you want a red? I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, give me a red. How about take that yellow? How about draw a joker on it? And I'm an assistant coach, and I'm trying not to F, F my, my guy, right? right? Assistant coaches ain't supposed to talk. But I'm like, how about you draw a joker on that and put it in your back pocket? That's hilarious. That's misconduct. That's, I, I said, wish that's, I'd have known that one years I said, ago. that's what mis- <laughs> No, but I asked him why. Because he gave the bench a, re- a, a yellow yeah. card. You can't, I'm like, yeah, what are you doing? he's like, what do you mean why? I'm like, well, you can't do it without a reason. What's your reason? Yeah. And he said, misconduct. And I was like, and I said, counting? I said, take the card, draw a joker on it, yeah. and put it in your back pocket. That's misconduct. And see, that's and where I said, it gets I into said, if you want, too. I said, I'll take the red now if you want. He, yeah. never did, he never gave me the red because I was like, dude, I, I dare you. I was so Well, I was because so he, mad he knew he had no, no grounds no. to stand on. And I hate the fact that a ref actually has done that and taken something that's not even a rule and, and, and implemented into telling y'all to stop doing something that he doesn't like. Say it with me. He gave us a yellow for him not doing his job. Yeah, 100%. That's sad. <laughs> it's not your job. You can't tell us to shut up on the bench. We're not yelling obscenities or doing anything wrong. All right. We're so, counting out loud because you're not doing your job right. Last. <laughs> all right. Two more lightning round questions. Oh, um, and then we're going to get some steak, dude. I'm I'm a carnivore and I'm appreciative. We got, we got a nine o'clock. You're driving. Um yeah, or, like or I'm Ubering, huh? I can't go like this. I'll give you a shirt. Whatever. <laughs> I got shorts on. All right, so we'll speed this up then. <laughs> and you'll join us later. Um, lightning round question number three. I'll go first on this. Who is your GOAT team from the men's and women's, and who's your GOAT player? And I'll go first on this one. As of now? Um, as of present. Well, no, greatest of all time. If you, um, I'm going to go first. I'll give you, two people like, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I'll go first on this, okay. right? Yeah. So, for example... My women's, my greatest of all time team, uh, I would say Misty and Carrie. A three-time gold medal people. and Carrie played well on beyond her career. And Misty May was one of those girls that had, um, there's very few killers in this game. Mm-hmm. Misty was one of them. Kristen yeah. Nuss is another, and you could call Betsy Flint one of those yeah. one of those women are like, I'm going to F you up if you serve me. That yeah. was, um, so greatest player in the female, uh, I would go Jackie Silva. First uh, openly gay player, Olympic gold medalist for that first Olympics. Mm. A kind of girl who didn't didn't care about shaving down there with a the bathing suit. We're all good, <laughs> oh, all right? <laughs> now, for the men, um, I got Stokeless as my GOAT. And greatest team of all time, I got Karch and Steffes. Um, so that's that's an example. And I got 15 seconds left on my rationale. Yeah. Because you, it's really tough to just mention one. Sure. So allow me to, to um, highlight another GOAT, Phil. Got to give him his respect yeah. as an individual. Yeah. And as a team, uh, you, you could say Phil and Todd, but Phil's really enjoyed that success with everybody. Yeah. But when the gold medal's only handed out to two people, right? And you consider when it started in 1996, there's only a handful of people that have an Olympic sure. gold medal, right? I mean, Dane, Fenoy, or whatever, this yep. and that, but yep. so my great, my, is- my goat is, is, is Stokey mm-hmm. and my goat team is Karch and, and, um, and Steffes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an example. Here's your 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. First one that comes to your mind, you're yep. not trying to disrespect somebody mm-hmm. and you could plug somebody, at the, you could plug people at the end, but it's yep. a, com- it's, it's, trust me, we'll get, yeah, YouTube's no going to blow up in the comment section over this, yeah. and we want it to. So, go ahead. Um, I'm going to go with the same with Misty and Carrie. Um, mm-hmm. I've met them both personally, and yeah. they're rock stars, both of them, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, what they did for the sport in that long run that they had, three Olympics, 
Yep. Um, kind of just put beach volleyball on the map at the Olympics also. And that's why I think it would, well said. those two for sure are my goats. Um, men's side, the utmost respect for Karch and everything he's done. Also Kent. Yeah. A, a, Kent, very, a consummate professional. 100%. Um, I know he's been labeled an asshole. You know, and, and, and arrogant. And We're the best players in the world. All our, whatever. Goats, all our goats are assholes. You know, all, everything he's writing on Facebook is, you know, you've read all that stuff that he's, he's put. Those chapters are great, man. Absolutely really good insight to the, to the professional uh, beach volleyball and just the mindset of a, of a great athlete. Call him an asshole, call him whatever you, how you want to call him. He was one of the best. He period. really was. And uh, he was part of that Karch run also, right? Yeah. With how many cards? One forty-six wins. He's a huge part of that. Yeah, he really was huge. There it goes. <laughs> there I am in the mirror. There we are. <laughs> um, that's time to go. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's actually uh, he he's one of those guys that's up there for me. Um, I think some of the. I also, I'm also going to put Brian Lewis on that level. Wow, as what a, a there's as, a, as a name, goat. huh? Um, he was also another guy that wasn't liked that much, and uh, until you got to know him, in my opinion, and I did. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; I had an altercation, a little jarring, back yeah. and forth. Talking but it's Brian know, Lewis. And, and he, but it's Brian Lewis. But that's also I mean, me. He, yeah. But he also respected that part of it. And every time I saw him after that, it was came with that same energy. And, hey, how you doing, man? Yeah. No, it was. Hey, I came with the same energy you came. And I wasn't taking your bullshit. And it was a little respect level right then. I like that. And then. Um, um, yeah, Phil. Yeah. You can't say enough about that man. It's what his he's longevity, done. his sustainability. What he's, what he's changed in the game. He changed. He was the first big man. He was bigger than Woody. Yeah. And Woody was phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. He really was. You know. Sorry, he's going too. I. Yeah. Um, but but God Phil bless. changed that game. God he bless really him. did for the big man, and 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 with his athleticism, and who he is, and I also think that he could have, if there were more tournaments. Like back when Karch and Kent were playing? Yeah, there was 26 stops. There was 26 stops. Yeah, like what, 92, 93, there was 26 four stops. Well, that's like an average one every two weeks. Right, that's crazy. And yeah. we, we've had years there, there's eight. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, so him with however many wins he has now, was he in 76? And still be winning this, yeah. Yeah, so. Wow. Yeah, where would he be if we had 26 every year? It would be. Now, he also did play a little more international ball than Karch right. did. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if that evens out totally, but well, he's it, definitely up there. What and, impresses and, me yeah. about the both of them, the reason why they're both in this conversation, in my opinion, is because of longevity. Karch did a really, really good job taking care of his body. Yes, he did. And when he had to, when he had to have reconstructive surgery on his shoulder, mm-hmm. his rehab was so good that he was hitting harder. Yeah. So, and I guess that was the – to him, that's the whole purpose of the surgery, right? Right. Now, now enter Phil. Phil mm-hmm. doesn't use, we talked about he doesn't use big moves. He doesn't have do wasted moves. So if you're not wearing, tearing, jumping like 40 inches all the time and this and that, and if you have a technique that allows you to play in these tournaments, yeah. um, tournament in and tournament out, and you stay in the winner's bracket, or like the way the AVP set up now, right? You win five matches, you won the tournament. Yeah. Well, two on Friday, one on one on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And your semis and finals. So this man found a way to sustain his. Um, so I'm ta- I guess I'm talking about wear and tear. Yeah. Like some people, they wear and tear, and they're not that they can't be that version of themselves, and they have to recreate their game. Phil didn't have to do much recreation. He just because his wear and tear 
was not the same as everybody else's. Like, yeah. I, oh, Phil doesn't jump high as he used to. He never really jumped. He just had great timing. Yeah. He had okay. He had a, he he had a jump. In the right areas. But he had a, but he had great he timing. He put his and, hands in the right and areas. And never, yeah. it never went away. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, no, not a lot of wear and tear on his shoulder because he didn't get served a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, and most of the time that he used his shoulders, really jump serve, served his base. So, True. so. The whole time I'm sh I'm casting aspersions on the men's division for letting him do that. At the end of the day, he's really very much Phil from 2008, yep. but with a and with a bigger IQ. Yes. So yep. so better knowledge um, yeah, of himself there's a part of me that's talking out of my ass on, yeah, on that that's one. Okay, that's how it um, goes. Well, then thinking back yeah. about it on it on it also, then you got to put um, a few other people in in that category of for their longevity. You know, Jake, Casey. Yeah. Hundred percent. You can even talk go, about general even nutrition go, with you, that dude. Yeah, you yeah. can even go Adam. Yes, Look at Adam. I yep. mean, he might not have won a tournament or whatever, but he's always there. He's a constant and profession. He's a, yeah, and you look at—he's in shape. Mm -hmm. He's—he's—he and he's not six. He only think he's six two. Right. You know, um, that's incredible. That's—he's the new Matt Unger. He really is. I mean, dude. not Matt Unger. Um, Matt. Um, <laughs> the fuck is his name? No, no. I'm, Two old, two old guys can't get you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Nichols. Yeah, you know he's yes. Jimmy Nichols as the Godfather on tour. You know, yeah. as as for longevity, that's yeah. another guy. I mean, how many players did he play with over the years? That was yeah. that was 20, 20 years. They played. Spent a lot of time in you New know? York. Spent four years in New York. Yeah. So you got to give a lot of credit to a lot of people. I mean, goat status is, I guess you call it tournament wins. Yeah. What have you accomplished? But there's also a different goat status for me. It's for for grinders, what you've done. Man. For who, grinders, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, the guys on the, on, the, on the back burner who are just always there, always have been. How long have you been winning in this sport? Yeah. You know, and we could take that to a different level. There might be a guy locally in, in New York who yeah. was Elvis Rodriguez. Rodriguez. How long the did king. Elvis live? Uh, that win for up The in, guy was like the king, the king of New York, too. Absolutely. Yeah. That guy was great. I yeah. mean, I played against him. He was tough. I and he him, wasn't. He I see him make qualifiers, foot. him and Cassay, with no block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hit the 10 foot line. I'll be here. Right. <laughs> so, which, which guy in your area? Camacho. Right. Yeah. Well, that was, he was good in all areas. <laughs> he was Guys everywhere. Smoking cigarettes in a technical timeout, man. I, that is I played with him for a year. Awesome. I played with that guy for a full year. Do you year. know he was. This is in 2019. We thought he was. I haven't seen him in a while. And I just thought he was fat and round. Mm -hmm. He was in the qualifier with Dave Paul. Dave Paul. And in Austin, it. made it all the way. I mean, I've, I'm lost like, game to get in. Yeah, yeah. it was um, Schlicker and um, I don't remember who it was. Troy Schlicker. But and, Dana um, didn't hit a ball. Travis Mueller? No. He didn't hit a ball. No, he didn't need to. He had a bum shoulder. Yeah. He didn't but the hit smoking. a ball. But they were live streaming, and uh -huh. I'm like, and he's uh -huh. got the cat. And the cat is in the umbrella with him. The cat is in the umbrella really? with him. He has a pet cat. He had a really? cat that was in under the umbrella with him. Just no. these are the guys you want to remember. You want to yeah. remember Dana. You want to remember Elvis Rodriguez yeah. on the East Coast. You want to. Uh, and there's a ton of guys on the West. Well, there's a ton um, of people everywhere in yeah. every state that you go that that have been grinding for years. They might not have had the means to go and play all the qualifiers, right? Yeah. But their goat status is in their own hometown or their home state. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, I know Tim Wolliver qualified a handful of times, you know, True. on AVP. He's one of the best in Texas. So was Dale Davis. He qualified. He was on AVP. Yep. You know, and they're then, one of the best that come out of, of course, Riley coming out of Texas too. Riley. You know, in a whole different wow. whole different way. Jesus. whole different way. Whole, he could have been, he would have been a star no matter what, yeah. anywhere he played. Hey, you know? Olympic gold medal. 
100%. And the team captain at 6-1? Yeah. yeah. And never played NCAA ball? Yep. What, what, what more they can you say it, about uh Pierce. Pierce was um, NAIA. NAIA? Yeah, they okay. weren't NCAA. Yeah, I thought they were. But Pierce was fierce. Though. Yeah, Pierce, they had a lot of like, people play for the uh, Cole college. Fierce's dad uh, uh, played at Pierce. Cole Fierce, mm. um, who, went, who played at Stanford, his father. Uh, on the west, on the west side, on the west coast, they talk, they say a lot of great stories about Cole's yeah. dad. And Cole went to he went to the smart kid school. <laughs> Good for I him. just like the grinders, man. The people who grind it forever. You know, Nick still yeah. out there doing it. You know, Nick's grinding, that's man. It, that's he's awesome too. You know, I I love that aspect of the guys who have longevity and what yeah. they've done. That in, says a in, lot in about you place. that you know Elvis though. How far? How yeah. far? Um, he was great. You know how coast to coast you go. Yeah. You know, like Elvis is someone that we just know in you know in the city and nobody talks about that. Yeah. Guy. And old but school was, when he, he played for Crail for nationals, good. this dude's an outside hitter winning all tournament team and is an OH because there was no libero back then. Yeah. So he's an OH. 1992 Open Men's National Champions with Carlito wow. and David Jack and those. Since we're mentioning these East Coast yeah. guys there, West Indian, you know, because that was that's a Creole. Creole was a mixture of people on the island, Haitians and Dominicans. Yeah. So and they're all they're all great players. I knew Elvis came down at a lot of tournaments down in Florida. Yeah. Because of um, East easy, End. Easy from the trap. East End with Rich yeah. Hiles' tournaments. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Rich was. A great game. I saw him in, against Carambola and and. Um, yeah, Nick. Adrian. Nick, yeah. yeah, playing small ball. Adrian and Nick, or I saw them play. Um, Saydu, yeah. Saydu is a new a guy. You that was after your time. Ghana, once. Ghana, West Africa. Yeah. yeah, I met Adrian once in Panama City Beach. Yeah, still got a sky ball. Oh, guys in an FIVB game, scores seventeen uh, seventeen. He serves four sky balls and two of them are aces. He's ridiculous. Yeah, it was in Cancun. Yeah, they beat the, yeah. the Dutch. Yeah, with with that was windy, with force, windy, windy. Yeah. That was. But there's some people that are like what? Windy? Are you kidding? This is this is my enhancer. <laughs> well, the the yeah. the balls on him. Yeah. You yes. Know, uh, let's do confidence in his in his serve. Yeah. That's what I testicular say. fortitude. It's not balls. Anybody can have balls. In testicular fortitude. Would you be know. Nice. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. <laughs> But he's he had you know he had the confidence mm -hmm. in his skill yeah in his skill to do that, that even, at that moment in that match even and, and that, that's incredible. that even to this day still yeah. st and still a top fifteen world maybe top maybe even top ten depending on his partner him and Rossi played really well together mm -hmm. he's with um Rangiri Alex Rangiri right now yeah. and Rangiri is an easy Rangiri is a partner where you don't have to worry about dealing with your partner I mean that's what Karambola needs. He, he needs a partner where he don't have to have where his partner has to deal with him and he ain't got to deal with his partner. Well, I think that's that's key to anything in doubles beach volleyball yeah. is the trust of that person. I'm always going to point to my right yeah. as a left yeah. side player. Oh yeah, there he is. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, it's the trust in your, my bed. <laughs> it's the trust in your partner. Hey, I picked you for a reason. You know, you're here for a reason. And if I don't have the utmost confidence, why am I playing with you? Right. Is it just because we got points and we're going to get in the main? Man, yeah. that, that, why, that, but mostly, that why does it, it feel like I'm playing three against one? There are some partners yeah. you're like, if you don't, yep. I mean, well, you like don't make the job if you're playing three against like, one. Yeah. And, and to be honest, Dana was kind of like that sometimes. Playing yeah. with you know, he, he'd start bitching at you, and it's like, dude, who are you talking to? Yeah, like, out. you don't make any mistakes ever? Shut up. You yeah, know? You're going to get left. That's a bad partner. Dude. You know, yeah. we, we, we won a lot, but. They weren't, you know. Do you want people taking years matches. off your life, dude? No, you don't. You don't need anybody. You want somebody who's easy to play with. You know, mm -hmm. you want somebody who's right there with you, thinking about the, the, the game the same way you are. Right. And you don't have to worry about their skill. You don't have to worry about anything else either. I love that. I do too. It's always been yeah. fun to, to have somebody like that next to you. Cool.
Yeah. And that's how you should always treat your partner, even if they're not playing that well. Yep. With that's why, that's why I hate to go back to John Mayer for like the 20th time in the podcast, that's but the man's had – you look at his last four partners, he's had success with all of them. It was Trevor Crabb. He played with Trevor for a little bit. He played with yep. Avery Jost at the end, and they did well. Um, Avatar, he, um, he won New Orleans with Avatar, actually. Yep. And then um, between Stafford Slick every now and here, and so he's always been – He's like Todd because you always knew he was going to be a coach because he had that mind. And, and, and that's okay, you know, too. Yeah. That's okay, too. No, those guys are great yeah. players. Those, yeah. Those guys are gold medalists. Yeah. Like, well, I'm just saying it's okay to even to yeah. somebody to have be the one coach on the team. Yeah. Um, well, there's to, no – Somebody who recognizes it a little bit more than the other, but it's even better if you have two people who recognize things about each other. Yeah. You know, I will Have say you that. ever seen a partnership with this 50-50 control? That, 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 animal, that doesn't exist. So I agree Yes, it you. does. I've never seen a partnership where there's always a 60-40. There's always somewhere that has someone, and there's oh, and and, 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 and you're going to have partners that are interchangeable. Yeah. That are that can take control if you need it, but it could, but it could be like Derek. What, how do you want to play this? Yeah. That give up that control. So, well, um, like yeah. I was going to say, like playing with uh with with, with Dale, yeah, in Dallas. I don't think there's anybody else I'd rather step on the court with. Yep. To this day. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense to anybody else I've ever played with, nope. but it was just stupid easy. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was almost knew what he was thinking, and, it, and even if we didn't live in the same city, when we got on the court, it was the, the mutual respect back and forth was there. Now, was I more of a fiery player and 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 through the net? Yeah, more than him. Yeah, yeah. But he was also he was the yin to my yang on that. He was more calculated. So your styles complemented each other. Yes. Right. So maybe there was. A, all right, let's go 75, 25 on the, on the aggressiveness. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that bad. He'd get mad too. Don't get me wrong. That's he, pretty he, cool. He had his fiery moments and he'd bitch at somebody. Man, who, who, who are you talking to like that? Relax. You know, yeah. but he was, more, he was more the calm guy as, poor, as me being more aggressive and fired up about, you know, you know destroying a ball in front of your face. I'm going to let you know. And he's just going to hit it and go, yeah, well, I know, I know I'm going to do that to you. Yeah. You know, kind of attitude. My so guy, man. That, that was different in, in that. But on the court, as in seeing things, um, defensively, blocking, setting, hitting with everything, I put him right there with me 50 50 as, as, as a player. I like that. Yeah. You know, Who's the best conditioned partner you ever played with? No one could ever outdo me. That was you. Cool. <laughs> That's how I felt. Well, John, John said Casebeer. He, um, he said Jeremy. So I thought that was a pretty good answer because Jeremy at that time was. Somebody who was the best condition. Yeah. That's you. Bell to bell. You were the one not tired. It's, then it's you. you I know? just put in that work. Yeah. I always put in that work to not get tired. Yeah. And so that way I knew in, in a match you're not going to tire me out. I'm never going to give up. No. I've had uh, BJ Saldano back in the day. I'm playing with Bill Make and he's playing with um, Jake. Jake okay. Elliott. What's up? An East End tournament in, in, in Clearwater. And it yeah. Was, it was old school, side out. I love it. And yeah. me and Bill are getting whooped. I mean, 5 1 side change, 9 yeah. 1 side change. Okay. 12 3 side change. Okay. 12 3. getting whooped. Okay. And I turned it around. Yeah. I turned it around and started digging balls, and Bill was not the best. He was no hand setter, and his bump sets were five feet off, off yeah. of a dig. You know, he just wasn't just a great blocker, great player. Yeah. You know, won a, won a bunch of games with that man. He was a great dude. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just started digging more balls and more balls, and then we crept back, we crept back, we crept back, and they wound up beating us 15 to 12. Yeah. And it was a handful of rallies in the whole thing. And I remember BJ looking at me and going, Zimmerman, you want a timeout? Like, and no. I'm laying on the ground because, yeah, I'm pooped or whatever. And yeah. I just looked at him and went, fuck too, no. Too proud. No. no, I just looked at him and went, fuck no. And no. popped right up and went, hope you serve me. And he's just looking at me like, what? Like, And he came up to me after that match. I mean, they beat us. Great team. Dude, you're like the, yeah. And he came up to me and goes, dude, how? how? How do you have that much? And we weren't even serving him. Yeah. Okay? There's, we were serving Jake every ball because, you know, smaller guy or whatnot. And. I'm telling you, he was just like, how do you have all this energy? And I went, You're like this, come down to New Orleans and complain the yes. heat with me, and, and let's go for three hours every day. Come on. That's, that's to You'll me, be that's right what there. Prime Kristen and, and, and I, Corey and it's whatever. It's got a lot to do with it. Yeah. I think so, too. There's a reason in Atlanta they made the – they went to the qualifier, to the draw, yep. and then beat the brakes off of Sponsor and Clays. It's because they were primed and trained in this weather. Yep. And those AVP Americas – You'd have to play four or five matches a day on Saturday and Sunday. Right. So the AVP, what? Wait, winner's bracket? We just stay here? Yeah. Five matches? How, yeah. Or come the, on, show me is, where I sign up next. And Tara. like we talked about earlier in, in, in this, yeah. that, that California is the mecca to go out to. Yeah. But, yeah, it's got the greatest weather. It's got the deep but, sand, and that's the only Yeah, thing. the deep yeah. sand or whatever. But what about when you go play in Atlanta, in South Florida, in New Orleans, you know, in these hot cities where the yeah. humidity's just, you're breathing air. Those are you know, the, how are you going to function? It's the ultimate neutral ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Everybody said it for for years on the AVP that the that the guys didn't want to go down to Florida and go play in those tournaments because they they're cramping, they're catching IV bags and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's part of the game. You got to go play in every element. Just like playing football, you got to be able to play in the snow. You got to be able to play in, in the rain. <laughs> it's not everything's in a dome, right? You know the story you reminded me uh, that you just told me. Mm -hmm. You remind me of Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm -hmm. like. I'm watching, I'm a wrestling head back in the day. I'm watching the Royal Rumble, right? Oh, Lord. So he gets into the Royal Rumble and he's throwing out people, right? And he's still in the Rumble and, and nobody likes him, so they, they start kicking the shit out of him. But eventually, they turn on each other. They dump each other over the ring and whoever's left, he waits and he dumps them over. Mm -hmm. And he's beat. He's laying on the ground. And when he lays on the ground, he does this. Like for the countdown, like who's next? Because yeah. every, every two minutes, the way the Royal Rumble works, every oh, two okay. minutes, another wrestler enters the ring until you have 30. So on another two minutes, when there's a 10 second countdown, the crowd would count down. So when the crowd was counting down, he's, like, he's on the ground. Bring it. And he looks like he has nothing left. Mm -hmm. And he's on the, and he just does this. Like, and the, the story you told yeah. me is you're like the Louisiana Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, that's funny. Hey, Derek. Yes, sir. You beat Bobby Jones, my man. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby was 148. Sorry. You beat him by 10 Sorry, minutes. Bobby. Yeah. You, well, I'm not letting you beat me in anything maybe, ever. I love I mean, you to look, death, we, There's definitely stuff we got to cut out of this, but you um, you definitely got him beat. He, I think he had 147. That's all right. Cool that Bobby's a good dude. Hey, pleasure. Same, man. This Appreciate been, you asking me to do this. Yeah. I, um, long For you and me, conversation a year ago I thought I thought this podcast was a year in the making mm -hmm. in the back of my head and I'm glad I'm glad we made it happen in this shitty hotel well, where like if, like the drawers couldn't hold the microphones <laughs> like uh, like a lot of this is edited out but that's I'm a, all right like, there's some gold in there yeah, somewhere something you're not gonna see on sure. this on this podcast on this broadcast is everything that went wrong everything that went wrong that's dude. a whole blooper reel on YouTube dude. itself yeah we dude we heartbreak ridged improvised dude well there's a lot of things that um you know, we could do this thing for five hours. Oh, jeez. Sorry about that. That's all right. 
we could do this for five hours. There's yep. so much to talk about. It's, this from, is like fucking Joe Rogan and Alex Jones. There's, there's so much. That we, we could talk about the old school that, 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 that shaped this area. There's so much and yeah. so many people from the surrounding areas, you know, mm -hmm. to Houston, the Gulf Shores, to Panama City Beach. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many players around here that shaped me, this area, this yep. style, this, and other players who have come from this. And all of them have been yeah. accommodating too. I really, 100%. big up to Bruce, big up to Evan Corey for reaching out to me to get on the podcast because mm -hmm. he's the one that kind of made, got my eye on Louisiana Beach Volleyball. Yeah. Because um, he's been live streaming his matches every weekend. The yeah. guy's a stud. He's like, I'm in the finals losing or I'm in the finals winning. Yeah. And I was so proud of him. The guy didn't qualify for Atlanta. You know what this mother motherfucker does? He gets on the plane, flies to Seaside I mean, for the next day tournament, yeah, wins that, and yeah. gets a bid for Chicago, which yeah. is a tournament. Yeah. You I got to you got that. to coach. Yeah. So, so look, all right, we're out of here. Um, Zimmerman, I love you guys, but I can't stand you. All right, in fact, I'm out of here. I'm getting the fuck out of here. So, for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad or iPhone, or for all of you at the lunch line at Starbucks, for my man Derek Zimmerman, I'm Jason Debellius. Uh, stay with me. We're going to hit my music, and we are out of here. Let's do that. Nice. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.